But I actually think that the toughest moment was earlier than that. It was the day that I collapsed on that cold basement floor in tears. Something as simple as like passing through a doorway that we might actually like touch each other. He wouldn't. He would stop, step aside, turn his back, let me pass, and then he would pass. And there you have it, folks. That's just a little sneak peek into what I'm going to talk about today. As you listen to the rest of this episode, I ask you to listen with a heart full of grace. It was really, really hard for me to sit and record this. And at times when I listened back, I didn't like the person I heard speaking. I listened back to the whole story and realized that we have changed so much since then. But it was just so important for me to take you through why I'm here and why this podcast even exists. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Gracefield Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Grace Fueled Wife podcast. Before we dig into all the ways that we can become Grace Fueled Wives, I thought it was important for me to share my story. I feel it's important for me to be vulnerable in this really public space so that you can understand I've been there too. Let me be clear, this isn't something I'm doing because I have any desire to be internet famous, by being vulnerable for my audience, nothing like that. I mean, you might laugh, but those are things that they've gone through my head at times. And that's what's actually helped me back from actually sitting down to record up until this point. And in reality, jumping on the mic and recording right now is nothing more than an act of obedience. I've had so much resistance about recording this because it's personal and it's vulnerable and at times it's going to be ugly. It's hard to go and and let people in, but I just felt, honestly, this is a project God put on my heart years ago and I wasn't sure what it would look like until now. He had told me that I would impact thousands with my story. And I'm like, what? Are you serious, God? To be honest, I wasn't even sure what story he was talking about. Like my weight loss story? What? It's not even that impressive. Seriously? Fast forward nine months later, 
literally nine months later, it's like the birthing of a child, right? It became really clear, very clear. I, I realized the story was about my marriage. And my husband and I have first shared it publicly for a testimony video at church. And after they had played it, women from like all over that I had never even heard of, they started to reach out to me. I was getting DMs and messages, things like that. And uh, friends I hadn't spoken to in years and up to perfect strangers, basically. And they started to reach out to me and we would sit and talk and I would learn that they were going through the same things that I did. And so one coffee or dinner date after another, I prayed with them, I encouraged them and I held their hand as they cried. And I really started to realize that everything I had gone through before have been for like for those exact moments. All right. So if you don't know me, I'm sure you're all wondering now, like, all right, so what actually happened? And so sometimes I think it's easiest to start at rock bottom, right? And in some way, I think the lowest point of this story was coming home one night to a completely empty apartment. The only thing left behind was the bedroom furniture we picked out when we got married and the TV that I got him when we were engaged. Now, let's be clear. I knew he was leaving that weekend. He had been planning it for weeks and it was just, but when you walk into that apartment, it's just totally different to see it in real life. Everything that you had talked about and like cried about knowing that he was going to leave and then all of a sudden walking in and seeing the furniture gone. That was really tough. So I looked in the living room and staring at it with a little bit of disbelief. And I, I felt myself kind of like dropping to the floor to cry. And my family's so awesome. Because somebody scooped me up. I think it was my sister. I don't even know. But like they, they were just like, all right, let's go. Come on. You don't need to see this. Let's go upstairs and let's go hang out. My whole, my family is so amazing. Having a support system is something that I, I can't stress enough. I mean, my sister had drove up from Virginia. I mean, it was, I live in New York, so it was like five, six out. I don't even know however long hour drive, but she had drove up from college in Virginia. My parents are divorced and I was uh, staying with my mom at the time and my dad he had drove over to my mom's house with his wife, with flowers, and everybody was just there to receive me and help me feel supported, like you're not going to go through this alone. So that was really an amazing experience. And it made a moment that could have been so much worse. It made it so much easier, you know, because they did, they did their best that night to cheer me up. And I remember my dad, he was playing with my daughter and the best way that that situation could have worked out, it worked out that way because they were there. But eventually everybody had to go home. I walked into an apartment and I was staying at my mom's house. We were actually staying in a, a basement, it's like a nicely renovated apartment in the basement of her house. And she lives in a, in a pretty big house. So when everybody went home, that's when it was time for me to be alone. And that's that's when it was hard. So yeah, that was a pretty low moment, but it could have been a lot worse. But I actually think that 
the toughest moment was earlier than that. It was the day that I collapsed on that cold basement floor in tears. And that was because he walked out without saying goodbye. That was all. It was like, it wasn't some big fight. It wasn't, you know, anything else. It's just that he refused to do our our normal morning commute together. And he just up and left without a second glance at me knowing, well, I think knowing that I was like five minutes away from being ready. And I, I say, I think knowing because I'm honest, to be honest, like in those days, he probably didn't notice me at all, or at least that's what I felt, right? I mean, that's that's what I was telling myself. You know, he would walk around. If I would walk into a room, he would leave. He would purposely come home after I'd gone to bed so he wouldn't have to talk to me or interact with me. Something as simple as like passing through a doorway that we might actually like touch each other, he wouldn't. He would stop, step aside, turn his back, let me pass, and then he would pass. So just the the contempt I really I think for which he he treated me was that was the hardest part. And anyway, like for some reason that day, that day was the day that it hit me because up until then he was at least still you know we were doing our morning commutes together and. I think that was it. It was that was the last piece of normalcy that we had. That even though we weren't speaking to to, to each other, we would just drive to the train station together. And so, of course, we would drive in silence, but we would drive together. And the fact that he that day was like, "No, I'm you know, I'm not driving with you." That that really wrecked me so bad because. It was like a Holy Spirit moment. Like I knew at that moment it, he was going to leave. And I think that was even harder than seeing him leave. I I just knew. And there was nothing I could do about it. I just, you know, it was so hard. So after that, I, I started telling not a lot of my friends, but I would tell people I trusted, you know, some of my girlfriends from church and everybody was like, no, no way. He's not leaving. Cause he just wasn't that kind of guy. You know, he was just like on the outside. Everybody thought like, no, he's such a great guy. He's such a great husband. You guys have a great marriage. Like that's what it looked like on the outside. And I know I'm speaking to somebody right now. I know that there is somebody out there who's like, oh, that's me. <laughs> My marriage looks fine on the outside, but on the inside, it's it's rotten, like an apple that you throw on the floor a couple of times. And on the outside, you can't tell the bruises. That's what our marriage was like. So I tried telling our friends, but really I cried out to God. Like that day, I remember after picking myself up from the floor, wiping my face, grabbing my stuff, I, I got in my car and I remembered crying out to God in such a way on the drive to the train station. Now, it was we had a long commute. It was maybe five something, six in the morning. So it was dark. And I had just cried away. I never, I don't remember ever praying that way with like such desperation. Like, God, I can't. Just asking him for help. 
for me, that was, that was rock bottom. You know, everything after that was just dealing with that moment, picking myself up from that moment. Cause I didn't have any answers at that point. So that's rock bottom. That was my story. He picked up and he left and we were separated for, well, that moment happened. And then it was probably two months later that we still live together, kind of living like that. As far as him making the decision to leave, in my effort to help him, I told him, well, babe, like, maybe you should just take some time, you know, go visit a friend. He had a friend that from childhood that lived in another state. And I was like, take some time off, go visit him, you know, go there for like a week. Maybe you just, you know, you just need some space. And that turned into, I'm going to get my own apartment. (laughs) He never actually went to visit his friend, but so essentially he made the decision. He got another apartment. And what helped me start to feel better about it was that the more that I reached out to God, like the more that I cried out to him and just clung to him, the more he started to kind of give me a glimpse into what was happening. So my husband, he moved out in January of that year. And God had told me by September, you'll be back together. And I remember I told my mom, because she remember we were staying in her house and she was seeing all this. Like she was seeing him not speak to me. She was seeing him come home after I would go to bed. And I mean, part of it we could keep private because we were in a different apartment, but a lot of it she saw just the the way he walked around the house and his attitude and his contempt for everybody. He just was so resentful of being there. And so I told her, I was like, mom, God told me that we're going to be back together by September. And she was like, oh, honey, oh, like you poor thing, you know, just, and I'm like, oh, well, say what you want, but God told me we were going to be back together. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Sure enough, we were, we did get back together by September, but that wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't like smooth sailing all the way through. I mean, for me, it was so much up and down. I think overall, it was probably about a year. So we had moved into my mom's September of the year before. And right when we moved in is when things started to get really, really bad. Like they were already not great. And then they just started to get really bad. So it was about a a whole year of a place where we were like roommates but like really bad roommates. I mean, before he even moved out, it was just, it was so bad. We were like not married already by the time he moved out. We were not acting like husband and wife. We were barely acting like friends. So September, we got back together. And the that whole, you know, nine months while he was away was really tough for me. There was a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of me justifying and saying to myself, well, you know, Actually, when I had talked to one of my pastors, talked to them about what was going on and let them know the story. And they're sitting there like, what? (laughs) And you're sad that he's leaving? Like, he sounds like a jerk. And the next day, they call me into the office and they, they were like, well, we just want you to know, you know, biblically, you didn't do anything wrong. Because he was he was an unbeliever at the time, and I was maybe 
I don't know, maybe two years into my faith, my faith walk. And that was one of the things that caused resentment. They said, you know, well, biblically, he's an unbeliever and he left you. So scripture says you're okay. You don't have to, you know, you can let him go. It's okay. And I was kind of sitting there like, well, I don't feel it's okay, you know. But then and the, but then at other times I was like, oh, well, I'm okay. So I'm just going to get myself a new husband. And yes, and I'm not going to have to deal with this anymore because God's not trying to have me be unhappy. Right. <laughs> well, God corrected me. And he was like, I am going to give you a new husband. He's going to be brand new, but he's going to be the same man. The same man, but a different man. And that was so crazy, hearing him say that, like feeling that, like, what? It was one of those things, like when you dream, you you, like think of a dream that's so big, you're scared to dream it. Like, oh, if I win the lottery, you know, you could say that all you want because you know it's not going to happen. And so you're not disappointed when it doesn't happen. That's what I felt like, like that would be winning the lottery him coming back the same man but a different man and and that's what God did he came back the same man but a different man and so what the next couple of episodes are going to be about I'll just kind of give you I wanted to set the stage you know and what the next couple of episodes are going to be about is a I'm going to tell you how do we get there right because i when i tell whenever i tell this story i people are always like well what happened you know they want to know what happened and part of me is like mm, you just being nosy <laughs> like why you why does it matter why he left but i think on some level people ask me because secretly they want to know like what do I look out for? Like, might this happen in my relationship? Because I have problems in my relationship and I'm just not talking about it. Because come on, this happens. Like we all have issues in our, I don't want to say all, you know, maybe not all. But I feel like there's so many married couples out there who have issues in their relationships and they just don't talk about it. So no one talks about it because there's shame. You know, there's like some level of shame around, you know, having problems in your marriage. And it's like, let's get rid of all that. Just talk about it. So I'm here to talk about the things that nobody talks about. That after all these conversations that I had, after all the coffees and the dinners and the tears and the hugs that I had with woman after woman after woman, all the hours that I spent talking about this with people, I realized everybody's going through this in some way or another. And so what the next couple of episodes is about is to talk about how do, A, how do we get there? So maybe some things to look out for. And then B, how did God pull me out? You know, what kind of lies was going on in my head and his head that got us to that point? And then how did God, like, because it was God (laughs) that redeemed it. How did he redeem it? What happened? And how do we get back? And where are we now? We are, that was about six, seven years ago. 
And now, if you don't know us, we are very happily married. We still fight, but we fight differently. And our bouts of not speaking to each other, yo, we would go like a week or more without speaking to each other. With basically just, you know, the only thing we would do is talk about things we had to for the kids. Are you going to pick her up? Kind of. And nothing more. And now that doesn't really last for more than a few hours. And when it does happen, it's because we're trying to give each other the space to formulate what we're going to say and articulate our feelings in a way that's not hurtful. And at that time, also, he was an unbeliever. He was cynical. He was one of the reasons why he cited when he left was, well, I didn't sign on to have some crazy Christian wife. Okay. So so to me at the time, based on where our marriage was, I was like, okay, then go. I stood up for my faith because to me, that was the only thing that I could cling to. I knew my faith was going to be there and I knew my family was going to be there, but he had the power to get up and walk out on me any time that he wanted. But it was a moment that made me realize, like, no, I'm I'm sticking to my ground. And so I'm sticking to my faith. I'm sticking to my God, even if he's going to leave me for it. And just so you know, when we got back together, I had this air of superiority, this air of like, well, psh, you walked out. So as a condition for you to come back you're going to have to start going to church. Like I literally told him that. Seriously. (laughs) Like as if that was going to work. No, that was not the jam. That was not going to work. He did start going to church, but it was like half-heartedly. And finally, like one day, and this is, this is important to share too. So we, let's say we, we got back together in September and we still had a terrible marriage. Like, you would think that we're back together and, you know, he did all the things to win me back. Like he was sending me flowers and buying me gifts and all the things. And I finally, you know, I, I moved into, I moved out of my mom's house and I moved into his apartment because I knew that was important to him. Okay. And we were still always fighting. It was just crazy. And I, it was, again, I had one of those nights with God, like, God, why? Why You told me we were going to be back together, but what was the point? It was better. I was better off being alone. So why am I here? Again, God spoke to me and he was like, you need to let it go. Like, you need to surrender it. And I was like, what? And that hurt so much. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm giving it up to you. And it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders at that, like that very instant, like the minute I was like, okay, you, you take it then you take it. Cause I can't handle it anymore. Life changed for me in that instant, because up until that point, I was living in his apartment again and we were back together again, but I hadn't forgiven him. And I went back because God told me we were going to be back, but I just, I wasn't ready. 
to forgive him and I wasn't ready to let it go. And so that moment that I was like, okay, God, I surrender it. Like you take it. That was the moment that I was like, I'm going to let it go. Like I'm going to let go of the hurt and I'm going to forgive him. Really, not just lip service, not to say I forgive you and move back in, but like really forgive him. And I wasn't ever going to forget, but just act, basically stop holding it over his head. And that was the moment that God started to change him, that God started to move, or I started to see God move. Let me correct myself. God was always moving in the background. I just never seen it, but that was the moment that I actually started to see it. So, and with that meant I stopped pushing him about church. It was just like, you know, I stopped making it a a thing. You know, if he showed up, okay, great. You know, if he got, was into something, okay, great. And it was like, that was it. I was finally treating him the way God wanted me to treat him. I was uh, finally letting go of how I thought I can, could control him maybe and just kind of letting God have it. The whole time we were separated, I had always treated him, not always, but for the most part, I had treated him with a level of love and respect that he didn't expect. So yeah, there were times where we would fight and there were times where I would argue with him. And there were times where in my mind, I wanted to hit him. Like I wanted to throw something at him. I wanted to physically hurt him. But I would pray every night on the drive from the train station to the house. It was like a half hour drive. So every night I would pray on the way home and I would ask God to fill me fuel me with so much grace that it was overflowing just so I can stand to be in the same room with him and not meet him with the same contempt that he was giving me. And that is what I'm talking about with the grace-fueled wife. Like that's what it means to be a grace-fueled wife. It's not perfect It could be ugly and it could be raw. But the fact that God, not me, because in my own strength, I wanted to hurt him and I wanted to be nasty and I wanted to be scathing. But God allowed me, fueled me with so much grace that I was able to walk into the apartment every night, every time I saw him. Even, you know, from when we were separated, before we separated, during the time that we were separated and when we got back together. Okay, babe. All right. And, and really just kind of calming myself or, or, or not even myself, like God, God would just, there would be like a peace over me. I would be, he filled me with so much grace that there would be a peace over me that I was able to meet my husband in a totally different place. I mean, well, as he was moving out, remember I had said we had talked about it. We had planned it. I tried helping him find his apartment. Guys, I bought him gifts. Okay. Gifts. Like for Christmas that year, I had bought him an iPad. 
And I remember coming home and stopping in the driveway and God tells me, buy him a TV. It's two days before Christmas and I'm arguing with God in my car. What? Buy him a TV? You What? What are you talking about? Buy him a TV? He doesn't deserve a TV. And God doesn't waste words. He just said, buy him a TV. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like my face and my attitude was much like my 12 year old daughter sometimes. And I walked into my house and thank God for parents who love the Lord and believe very heavily in obedience. And I walked into the house and I told my mom, mommy, God just told me to buy him a TV as if she was going to be like, what? Don't. Not my mother. Mm-mm. She was like, you better get back in your car and go buy him a TV then if that's what God told you to do. And I was like, are you serious? So I did. So I bought him a TV. It, and it was a gesture that like that Christmas and I left it. It was a gift that I gave him in private at the end of the night when every, you know, before we, everybody was going to sleep. I said, here, you know, hey, babe, I, I have one more gift for you. And it was a gift that I could see visibly moved him almost to tears. And he was like, why, why would you give me this? I don't deserve this. And I said, it's not me. It's God. He asked me, he told me to buy it for you. And quite frankly, I know that TV is your thing. Like that's the way you unwind and that's your thing. And you said you weren't going to take this one here. And so I said, I bought you the biggest, nicest TV that I could afford And I won't be offended if you go ahead and upgrade it, but I just wanted you to know that I'm okay and I wanted you to have it. To this day, he did go ahead and upgrade it because, you know, he's extra. But (laughs) to this day, that TV sits in our living room. I only say that part of this story to kind of let you know the levels of grace that God was giving me, like the amount when I'm over here wanting to curse him out, wanting to hurt him. That was the kind of grace that God gave me. And that's what it means to be a grace-fueled wife. Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.